Do I have to get an attorney to write up this yes. contract? Or yes. 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 So I can't just go online, pull down something. No, 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 no. The bottom line, get an attorney. You're buying property, get an attorney. You can buy your fridge online if you want through Amazon. You can't buy property online because guess what? You can't return it. I do a lot of my transactions with persons overseas. And the first thing I say to them is come and look at the property. You don't have to be here for the signing of the documents. We can basically do that online and courier, FedEx, whatever. But come and look at the property. Hello, Throppers, and welcome back to another video podcast episode. And if this is your first time visiting, a special welcome to you. My name is Winthrop Wellington, and I am the host of On Deck with Throp, where we have meaningful conversations with people from all over the world, all about Jamaica. And today's video is actually a clip from my Jamaica annual investment conference, Throp X 2022. And on stage, we have the pleasure of having Dawn P. Gray, who's an attorney at law who specializes in real estate law here in Jamaica. And she is my personal attorney here for my businesses that I have here. So she definitely has the Throp co-sign on this one. But in this clip, she gives a tremendous amount of amazing information on the do's and don'ts when investing in real estate, when going through documents, why it is so important that you do have a real estate attorney on your team especially if you're buying property from abroad. And she's actually very, very funny and entertaining. So you get both humor and you get also an education in this one. Uh, without further ado, please enjoy this clip with Dawn P. Gray from my annual investment conference, Drop X 2022. I wasn't born in Jamaica, but I'm Jamaica, right? Um, I returned to Jamaica when I was four and then I went back to Canada when I was 16, did my first, my tertiary education there, and then returned to Jamaica when I was 21 and um, got married and did my law degree. Um, I did my first exam when I was pregnant with my first child, went to law school with all of them and came back to South Lamar and um, I've been in practice for the past 26 years. So you've been practicing real estate law? I, I started out doing criminal and civil law, um, but I found that the court is very time consuming. And you know, I'm a sole practitioner. Oh, some people know already how yeah. time consuming it is. Right, and you are leaving your office most of the day. And you know, there may be people coming in to do real estate, transactions that will benefit me more than sitting in court having a case that has gone on two or three years and still can't go to trial. So I just thought it was more practical for me to be in office. And um, so I'm in chambers now and I do probate, I do insurance, I do property law, um, divorces, and you know, anything that keeps me in office. All right, so probate is what? Probate is dealing with the estates of deceased persons. So um, basically it is once the person passes, whether they leave a will or they don't, the attorney will deal with the actual administration to ensure that the formalities are taken care of and the estate is properly devised to the beneficiaries. 
So a lot of times, for example, our families in Jamaica, of course, you know, they have all of this land in like a parish in like Falmouth or Hanover. The children get big. They don't want to go back to country. They're overseas. Mommy or daddy passes. How do I sort out now seeing how much land did mommy actually have if I'm abroad? What is that process like? Well, you know, it, it just means reaching out um, to an attorney. And, you know, most persons know what mommy and daddy had. They but, but even, I, I didn't see the title. No, no, they don't. They don't. They know that mommy and daddy had land that started from the Aki tree from Mr. Brown, went right across to the, the other Aki tree to Mr. Green, and they know that that is their parcel of land. So it's not going to be difficult for anybody to establish what their parents had. I can tell you that, right? I can also tell you when parents pass, all of a sudden there's a major interest, okay, in, in property. Right? We want to know. We want because everybody wants a piece of Jamaica. Everybody wants to own a piece of land in Jamaica. It is their dream. It doesn't matter if they've been there forever. Once they have an opportunity, so if it's dead left, they're they're onto it. Trust me. Right? So there's no difficulty there. They just need to basically find an attorney who will be able to take them through the process, right? Because the first process is to administer on their state, and then if the land is not registered, council can assist them to apply for title. Because once parents have been in possession for 40 years, 50 years, and that's most of the situation in Jamaica now, everybody has property that grandpa or great-grandpa left, and they've been there forever, and they, they live, you know, everybody has a little concrete structure wherever, that's normally what happens. Also, in Jamaica now, we have the Land Administration Management Program, which basically allows for systematic registration. So where there are properties that are not registered, say St. Elizabeth, that's, that's a good example. They actually started in St. Elizabeth. There's so much property there, and people, it's just not registered. So the government set up the Land Administration Management division to be able to assist people in that area. So you will have an adjudication, adjudication committee members who will basically go into these areas with the surveyors mm -hmm. and say, okay, guess what? All of this here, these, these 200 acres, we basically are going to deal with getting titles for everyone. So anyone that comes to us and makes an application, we will do our utmost best to give them title. So we have that in place as well. Yesterday, we were speaking quite a bit about zoning and how critical that is with your property. So let's say, you know, I'm comfortably living somewhere and then all of a sudden I have to learn that, oh, I'm in a zone that can actually have commercial entities. So the music that is playing, I cannot complain to the police anymore. How you handle matters like that? Through the courts. Through the courts. You know, I mean, in terms of music and the zoning... That's the thing. Sometimes, so because what I'm finding in Savlamar is that you're having residential areas and you're having businesses purchasing houses to basically store their goods, etc. And that's happening a bit. Um, but I, I can't really speak much to that in terms of because what happens, the, the, the parish council is really responsible for commercial, what's commercial, what's residential. Mm -hmm. And normally if you're going to be dealing with certain businesses, you need to apply for the approval, the proper approval. When you don't have it, 
the citizens can make a report and, it, you know, they can basically investigate. But I am not too familiar with that, to be frank with you, in terms of the zoning laws. All right. Well, the entity that was mentioned yesterday, there was even a realtor who said he didn't know it existed. So we were all learning quite a bit here at Dottles Investment Conference. Another thing I want us to touch on now is leasing. Because, you know, sometimes you have an investment, whether it's a villa or a house, and you want to go back abroad, but you want to lease it. How does an attorney help in that process? Well, we basically have to prepare the proper lease and to ensure that... Um, the facilities are set up for payment, etc. Because you can leave your, you can lease your property, right? And you are doing it in good faith. You might know this person or this person knows somebody and you put them in the property. I said, no man, this, this is Mr. Brown's sister and everything is fine. But it's important to just, just get a lease prepared by an attorney, right? and um, ensure that once it expires, it's renewed so that you don't have people going, you know, sitting down on the property with no contractual arrangement and believing that oh, over time they can, they can move in permanently. So leasing property is, is something that's done. You just need to make sure you have the arrangements in place. Do I have to get an attorney to write up this lease yes. contract? Or yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I can't just go online and pull down something. No, 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 no. Because, no, no, that's, that's important. That's why, you know, the bottom line, get an attorney. Okay? You're buying property, get an attorney. You're buying property, you can't do it online. You can buy your fridge online if you want through Amazon. You can't buy property online because guess what? You can't return it. If you don't like it, you can't return it. Right? And I've had... I've had people basically online, they, I do a lot of my transactions with persons overseas, mm -hmm. right? And the first thing I say to them is, come and look at the property. You don't have to be here for the signing of the documents. We can basically do that online and courier, FedEx, whatever. But come and look at the property, right? Because many times I've had instances where clients have, you know, we have gone very far in the purchase deal. And, you know, I've said, look, we have a saying, don't buy, don't get pussy in a bag, don't buy pussy in a bag, okay. right? Come and look for yourself. And I had a client, she came and she said, Mrs. Gray, you know, my agent here, because sometimes I have relatives who will say, you know, it's good. They didn't tell me that it was full of swamp. I can't purchase this. It's not for the purpose for what I want it for. Oh. Another client, she goes and she, she wants to purchase land, a, a house and land that was basically seized by the bank. It was still, the persons were still in there and locked the gate so she couldn't come in to see what was happening with the property. And she said, Mrs. Gray, thank you so much for letting me come because I don't want it again. I don't want it. So it's just important, you know, it's an investment you're making. Many of you have worked hard and saved your money, right? And as much as people are here that are here are so nice. And, you know, yes, man, you know, you can't go by that. Come and see it for yourself. Come and see it for yourself and ensure that everything is satisfactory for you before 
you even see the attorney. Before you even see the attorney. A question just came in. A relative wants to put her six children living overseas on the property title. What is the process to do something like that? Okay, so that's a deed of gift transfer. Deed of gift. Deed of gift transfer because it's relatives, right? So she can either add them or she can come off and put all of them on. It depends on what you want to do because some persons, you know, the thing about it is, is that when you... When you have a registered title and you, you pass on and you, it's, it's left in abeyance, what has to happen is that the family then has to pay all the administration expenses to get their names on the title. This way, when you do it before you pass, all you have to do at the end is, all they have to do at the end is just note your death on the title, right? So to answer the question, they simply do a deed of gift transfer Transfer tax is paid on the amount that is being transferred at 2% mm -hmm. and stamp duty is, is 5,000. I think, I don't even think you paid stamp duty with the transfer, right? So that's one of the options you can do in terms of real estate planning is to put the children on from now, you know, before, before but before, but you have to know your children. Let's say about it. What? 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 Wait, wait. I mean, come on. It's the truth. You have to know your children, right? So if you know that Mary and, and John can't get on, don't put the two of them on there to go live in the house after you die. You understand? So it's one of those things. You have to think these things out and it has to be practical. But the deed of gift transfer is what you do. And you pay transfer tax on the amount you're transferring and you pay attorney's fees. Let me put another scenario in the mix. So mommy and daddy have this house, have this property. Daddy has some other children, right? And so, well, let's say mommy's name is not on the title and it's just daddy's title. And he's just of the view that, you know what, I'm willing my house to my children. But mommy only thinks it's her two little apples going get it. But there are two other oranges who need to be on it. <laughs> How do you manage a situation like that where you were not aware that there are other people who are to inherit? All right. So you're basically taking this from the standpoint that daddy doesn't leave a will. He did. Correct. He didn't leave a will. He just keeps saying, I'm willing this to my children. Okay. So he can't say, his, his saying matters not once he passes. Okay. So if he doesn't leave a will, he, the attorney will have to apply for letters of administration. Okay. And then what happens in, with that application is that mommy gets and children get, whether within the relationship or outside. Everybody. So they that. are also entitled to inherit something mm -hmm. from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If he doesn't leave a will, it's mommy and children. Okay. No, no. The, the, the one who lived with him. No, no. Just the wife who is considered the wife. Yes. No, 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 not the, not the baby mother, not the baby mother. No, no, not the baby mother. <laughs> because we also have this whole common law relationship. Right. But remember, if you, have a, if you are married and you have a common law relationship, the marriage overrides the common law relationship. All right. Very well. All right. <laughs> There's a question that's coming in. You can come around to, to the mic. 
So we understood what a deed is, and a, a deed is different from a title? No, man. The deed, the, that's, the, that's the application. You do a deed of gift transfer application, but then the name then goes on the title through the deed of gift transfer application. Okay. Yeah. All right. Question? Ready? So you've just said that being married to both the rise to common law relationship. Well, what about the children from common law relationship if they can't fall on the state base of reality or prove that it's a father? And they yeah, once, once they, once it's, but in the, it's also the, 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 uh, the uh, Interstates Estates Property Charges Act applies to the children of the deceased. Lit, legitimate or illegitimate. Or Repeat that, the Interstate Estates Property Charges Act. Wow. That's not a license people to go out there and have them all over the place, all right? Because you're saying now, oh, Miss Grace said, Right? No, no. <laughs> That's what out of the box. <laughs> Another question. Does the relative need to be present? Sorry. Does the relative need to present the child's birth certificate for the transfer? When you're doing the deed of promise, as you mentioned? No, if the child is underage. Only if the child is underage. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I hope I answered that question from Jacinth online. All right. So let's... So you said the deed is different from the title. Yes. So, so basically what happens, right? You instruct counsel that you want to put your children on the title. Counsel will prepare the application, okay? You need to give us the value of the property, all right? So that the transfer tax can be charged on the amount that is being transferred. The documents are sent to the Stamp Commission of Assessment when the assessment is made, the transfer tax is paid, and then you submit the application to the Registrar of Titles, who will then put the names of the children on the title itself, because we have to submit the title to the Titles Office along with the application. Okay. All right? So what will be on the, on the title after that is transferred to A, B, C, and D by way of deed. Um, you know, deed of affection or whatever on such and such a date and it's given a number and that's it. All right. Um, sometimes in the States, you'll see where we've bought a property within a particular community and if you don't take care of your property as much as everybody else, you're in problems. Um, do we have situations like that with either the strata committees or rent boards here? Can they tell us when you need to be maintaining your property in a particular way or you have to sell it and leave? Do we have any situations like that? Yes, we do, but... So suppose I don't... Stratos. <laughs> no. No. You know, we, we need to remember that we're in Jamaica here. We're having this discussion. Please. We're having the discussion here. Let us all be frank, okay? Yes, there are, there's the Strata Act. Oh, yes. There's the Strata Act. And it says, listen, you don't maintain the place, right? And you don't pay your dues. We have the right to sell your property. All right. It doesn't happen, people. It doesn't happen, Right? at the most prestigious developments, the people that you figure would be paying, right? Their maintenance fees, they don't pay. They don't pay. I know of, I know of um, developments where athletes who have competed in the Olympics, they have their, their townhouse there. And they don't pay the maintenance, right? So we have things in place, yes, 
but they wash their car where they want. They hang things where they want. I'm not saying that it doesn't, it doesn't work, you know. There, there are stratas that will work. And I think it's important that the residents, you know, get involved in order to have it work. But, yeah, but, you know, most of the times people will try, Jamaican people will try to get away with what they can get away with. Let's, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a fact, okay? But there are laws there to prevent certain things from happening. You know, there are developments where it, they run properly, but now you have developments where, you know, Many people can afford to be there, right? And, and, you know, not all of them care about the, the play, you know, keeping the place in a certain manner and so on. And remember, we're not that disciplined. In the U.S., people are disciplined, right? But here we have a different culture. Um, and therefore, you know, you just have to ensure that when you're going into developments or, you know, any strata, strata, development that you know you, you screen you screen the the residents there if possible to see exactly you know once you enter and it can be done you go that's what i'm saying go to the place see what it's like right once that big gate opens and the security guard sends you in to look at the unit look around and see how the grounds are kept right look around and see the, what you're getting yourself what you're getting yourself into exactly Exactly, right? Um, because, as I said, yes, they're there, the laws are there, but it just depends on, on... Because many times the Strata Corporation doesn't have the money to go to court. They have the right, right? They have the legal right to take these persons to court to sell their property, but it's the cost because they're not collecting enough maintenance to have a fund there to do those things. Um, in terms of the rent board, what is their role, really? How do they come into play with regards to, you know, properties and leasing and that sort of thing? Well, the rent board, I'm not too familiar with much of what the rent board does. I know that they do monitor the rent increases. So, like, I know that when you lease a property, you can only increase the rent by 7.5% each year, mm -hmm. right? And I know that for tenants who might be having difficulties with landlords, they can report it to the rent board and the rent board can intervene on their behalf and give them the advice that they need, right? In terms of, you know, your extensive years of practice, tell me about the most complicated case you've had to manage. I thought I was here to talk about what you must do when you're purchasing property. I don't understand. <laughs> Boy, um, that's, that's a difficult one. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say you get some, you get some cases. I mean, I'm telling you, you get some cases and a lot of them could be avoided, you know? So you might have someone who they have a will from their grandfather that has not been probated right? And the grandfather left to their mother, who has now died, right? That means you're going to have to deal with two estates, you know? And yeah, so that, that can be complicated. Um, one of the most complicated matters I've had, I wouldn't say it's complicated, just troublesome, is a property in Negril here, where um, the client 
basically had the land unmanned. You know, so all of you are thinking of buying this lovely piece of property by the sea and just leaving it there and it's not fenced and you're not checking on it re regularly, don't do that. So this, this landowner had not gone back to the property forever. And I think he must have driven down on, he's from Kingston, he drove down and he saw all of these people on the property one day, it's like at least a hundred, at least a hundred. Concrete structure was built, all of that. So I basically had to give everyone notice. And of course, at least half of them wouldn't come off. Had to take them to court. And, you know, I think... It takes time. It takes time, especially when you get counsel on the other side. And you show a registered title and you get counsel on the other side who is basically making life difficult. But eventually... You know, we got everyone off, and every time I come down Norman Malley Boulevard, I'm checking that property and making sure that fence is up, right? I don't see anybody. I look as far as I can as make sure nobody's on the property, you know? But, um, you, you know, it's hard to, there's just so many complicated matters sometimes that you have to sit down and think how best to sort it out. But, and most of them are dealing with dead left property, for want of a better word you know, and how to navigate, you know, through it to be able to give people a title or, you know, to probate the will, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I know you had a semi-presentation. I did, okay. but it's not necessarily like a presentation, but I just wanted to tell everybody what they need to do. All right. If they want, you want to know what you need to do. If okay, good. Yes. All right. So as I said to you, three important things, right? First, visit the property, right? Visit. Mm -hmm. Use an attorney, please. Use an attorney, all right? Um, and also, make your preference properties that are registered, all right? Because when you visit Jamaica and you encounter these really nice people and they show you where they live and they say they own this house, right? But they want to sell it to you, right? Yeah, be careful, all right? <laughs> Use an attorney who will then protect your interests because he, will be in a, he or she will be in a position to basically ensure that the property is registered free and clear to be sold to you, all right? So visit the property, use an attorney, and try your utmost best to be interested in land that has a registered title. Right? We know that land has, a, where do we go to find out if the land is? Use the attorney. He can make or she can make the search at the title's office based on the property tax receipt and so on. So that once you have an attorney, they will take care of all of that. Because if you're dealing with counsel to purchase property, you're going to be dealing with another counsel who is selling the property. Okay? And the counsel who is selling the property has an obligation to ensure that he's selling you property that can be transferred to you without any issues. All right? So once you have these requirements now, what you're going to have to do is you basically have to get a TRN number. Everybody familiar with the TRN number? We were speaking quite a bit. Right, yeah. right. So you, you, you can do that um, by going on the tax website, making an application, and council can apply for it for you. Right? You don't need to do it yourself. You know, you don't have to send somebody there. Council can do it for you. 
So you need a TRN number for every transaction. For estates, we need to have TRN numbers. Yeah, once we get the estate granted, the estate itself has to apply for a TRN number. Yeah, so. Right. And so if I want to just put my child's name on it, at the, with the child is four on the title, can I get a TRN number for someone? No, I don't believe you can get a TRN for a four-year-old. No, Thank no, you. I don't, I doubt it. Yeah, I think you can go, I know students can. So from high school, okay. I am. but I'm not too sure if you can get one for a four-year-old. I'm not sure. You can? Okay. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. All right. Yeah. So you can then. So you can apply for the TRN number for the, for the, for the child. For your yeah. children. Yeah. 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 Right. So get the TRN, make sure we have that. Right. So then what you're going to have to do now is um, if you're dealing with council and you're overseas, right? Yep. Everything can be done online, right? But what council is going to need from you is the proof of source of funds, right? Because of Money Laundering Act and Proceeds of Crime Act, all the different acts. What kind of documents do you accept? So basically we're going to need ID, right? Notarized ID. We also would need proof of residence. So where you are. So if you have a a bill, a utility bill that confirms your address, right? And then, you know, um, some council, I don't think all, but some council I do, you know, um, ask for a form to be filled out, which will show, tell me where the source of funds are coming from, whether it's savings, you know, it's coming from NS. Some people have an inheritance, okay. but we just need to know where the funds are coming from. Right, because we can be liable at the end of the day if we are dealing with somebody who is questionable and the funds are coming from questionable sources. So that's why attorneys should basically ask for proof of the source. Okay, all right. So what happens is that um, once the attorney gets all of this information, they will have the council on the other side prepare an agreement for sale with your information with the agreed sale price, etc. And once they they send us the agreement, you you know, it's sent to the purchaser for them to look it over. And if everything is in order, they sign it and they return it to 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 the council representing them, who will then forward it to the attorney for the vendor with the deposit. How long does this typically take? No, no. Online. Right, but... So listen, no, listen, listen. No, okay, so listen. It it took me a long time to say it, you know, but it's shorter, all right? It takes a very short time. It can take a very short time. An an agreement is prepared. It's sent to you by email. How long does that take? Like a few seconds. I can say, I can email my client and say, Miss Brown, I've sent you the agreement for sale. Could you look it over? Miss Brown looks it over. Mrs. Grade Spine, print it off, Miss Brown, and send it to be my FedEx. By the end of the week, I can get back that sale agreement. Then I say, Miss Brown, you need to basically wire the deposit to counsel. Here is his banking information. It's sent. I send the agreement to counsel. Counsel gets that by the next week. Once he has the deposit and the agreement for sale, he lodges it at the stamp office. Right? So far, so good, right? Yeah. Things have gone so fast, right? Okay. So now we get to the stamp office. Without the craft of And basically, 
let's say for Westmoreland, okay. they have just about, I think it's three assessors. So if they get their agreement and they are looking at the sale price and they're saying, boy, this is Negro, you know, beachfront, beachfront near sandals. And it's like a quarter acre and they're selling it for like 10,000 US. No, so it's not right. And they will come to look at the property. Okay, so they have the right to dispute the sale agreement price. The stamp, the stamp office has the right to dispute, hold on, to dispute the sale agreement price if you do not have a valuation, a current valuation accompanying it. All right? If there's a current valuation, they're more or less bound to accept it. Right? But then remember, to get a valuation, a purchaser, it, it costs extra. So what happens is that, you know, if, if the, the price basically, sometimes vendors and purchasers know that the price may be a little undervalued. Well, the appraiser valued. But what happens is that once, if you know it's undervalued and the stamp office knows it's undervalued, they will increase the value and therefore the transfer tax to the vendor increases because the vendor is responsible for the 2%. But normally what happens, the purchaser will pay the difference in the assessment. Pardon? Exactly. Right. So, so what happens is that the stamp office has the right to assess it. They can send their assessors down. If they don't, Normally, it can be there for about three weeks, four weeks, okay? Once they assess it and the, 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 the transfer tax and the duties are paid out of the deposit, then the attorney for the vendor will write to the attorney for the purchaser, ask for the undertaking to pay the balance. And then once they get the undertaking, it goes to title's office and two weeks max. Two weeks. Title's office is very, very, very exact with that. It doesn't take much any longer than that. Once it's a straight transfer. Once it's a straight transfer. Right? So, yeah. So, I think, yeah. So, that's, that's basically the main thing. What? Yeah. We're going to be purchasing. See. No frog. Do we have any additional questions? Yes, we have one. So, make your way to the mic for me, please. But, yes, we were also told yesterday by a realtor to be involved in the process. Don't just send money elsewhere. So it's good that you're saying, visit, see it with your own two eyes. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Yes, uh, morning. Good morning. I have a comment and then two questions that I'd like you to expand on. Um, a person making a will and leaving the one property to a multiple persons it's disaster planning. My question to you that I'd like you to address, in your practice, do you deal with revocable trust planning? And secondly, can you address squatter's rights and property? Ooh. All right. Revocable trust? Yes, a revocable trust is whereby trust planning you name what you want to have occur if you become incompetent or on your transition without that having to go through the court process. 
your name, what you need to have done, and whoever is a successor trustee, carry out such instructions? Um, I'm not familiar with that process, to be honest. I know, and, and well, the attorneys I know, like mostly in Salomar, and so we don't deal with trust per se. Okay. Yeah. In well, terms, you might want to look into it because yeah. and we have avoiding the court fees. The, yeah, the U.S., I know, they deal with trust. Everything it, is it trust. Out, yeah, it's yeah, out, it's out, it's out here to have gone. Okay, okay, I'm not familiar with that. Okay, then if you would address the other two questions. The squatters' rights? Squatters' rights. Squatters don't have rights. That's not true. <laughs> no, no, hold on a second, hold on a second. No, 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 no. Squatters don't automatically have rights. Okay, if I go onto your property today without your permission and I'm there for a year, I have no rights. Okay, squatters have rights if they're on the property for over 12 years, undisturbed. Right, that's, that's a right. Yeah, but it has, to, you don't, it's not an automatic right. People who own properties need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Because I, for example, many years in the 70s, I bought two land in um, that hill at Montego Bay there. Didn't go back to it for many years. When I went there, I saw concrete fence, concrete houses or what. And the people that who own it, I just saw, um, I decided, I don't want to get in a strife with them and what the attorney was telling me. The costs and all that, so I just walk away from it. Mm. Bow guys, bow gill. Okay, okay, nice okay, okay. So you got it in the 70s? You bought it in the 70s? Yes. And did you, you, when did you return? I returned there um, maybe seven years ago. So, sir, were you paying the taxes and all of that? In the Initially, we were paying the taxes. Our family out here were paying the taxes, but they never visit the property. So somebody yes. yeah when yeah set up structure yeah. yeah yeah so it's easier to walk away from it but I'm now saying the so squatters are right there and you don't yeah. trust so what is the real recourse in a situation like that Thank you. let's say I really want back my property because you know I was paying up to a certain number of years how do I really challenge that or get back my property it's as I said before if they're in occupation for 12 years, undisturbed, right? They can apply to have, they can, but it's called is adverse possession. Adverse possession. And they, once they can prove they have occupied the property, adverse to your ownership, meaning that no one at all has come and disturbed them. There's a registered title, you know, with the, with the registered owner. You have your title in hand. But once this person has been there, planted the fruit trees, put up the concrete structure, right? Knows the neighbors, the neighbors know them, right? And no owner for 10 years, 20 years, this person does have a right to have, get a title over and above your right. All right, so the important thing is, listen, we all have responsibilities, right? And therefore, we're, we, we live in a country where people will, it's the, the great, that once they see an opportunity for a, a 
piece of land or a house that there's no movement, there's nothing. Once they see that, they are going to move in. You need to fence your property, you need to secure it. Sir, as you said, they never visited the property, your relatives, people that you need, people need to go there and look at it and report back to you every month and say, well, okay, I sent the guard that there, he chopped up so and so, nothing is there. I sold a property in Sablamar. It closed last week. The matter, when I said closed, it closed, right? Got my fees, purchaser was fine. So I'm calling the purchaser to just say thanks. He says, it's great. I don't know if, um, I don't know if that um, person, if somebody is still there, you know. I said, what do you mean still there? I said, I didn't know there was anybody on the property. No, but um, I passed there most times, you know, and it's it, it dark, I don't see no light. I said, light? You used to see light? Yes, Miss Graham, you used to see light. I said, but hold on. I said, I didn't know anybody was there, sir. Yes, Miss Graham, I'm going to, um, I'm going to check it out, you see, and let you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go back to the agreement. It had vacant possession. All, all agreements have vacant possession. So I said to the attorney for the vendor, I said, look, somebody seems to be on the property, and you said vacant possession. So my client goes to the property this week and sends someone there to just clear out the bushes. Lo and behold, there's a little old lady living on the property. Right? Jamaican people, any little, anything that's, there's no movement. No movement. It's like, right? So you have to make sure that you're visiting the property and, you know, it's nice to know you have property here and you have your title, but you have to secure it. You just have to. It's just the culture. You don't have to do that in the States. You have to do it here. Another question came in. How long does a deed of gift transfer take to complete? I heard it's approximately nine months. Excuse me? Is that the, that's what the person said. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't take nine months. It doesn't take nine months. It takes the same amount of time. Once it's as a sale, if you go to the stamp office, it has to be assessed. And once it's assessed, it goes to titles. And it's two weeks. It doesn't take that. It can take maybe, I'd say, three months. And that's... Does the titles office have a location in every parish or everything? They have one in Montego Bay, I think, in Mandeville. And then the main office is in Kingston. All right, it's me again. Um, <laughs> now that you said that everything is online, is it wise for anybody that's overseas to have a um, power of attorney to deal with the process of um, dealing with the titles and so on and so forth out of your presence? Power of attorney. Yeah, you can give someone the power of attorney to deal with it for you. But I always, once you're able, I would suggest you do the process yourself. Yes, yeah. Because no, everything is online. So yeah. Yeah. Online. No. Yeah. So when I say, wait, when I say online, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to send the agreement. And if you can sign it, sign it and send it back by courier, as opposed to giving somebody a part of attorney to do it here for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like once you're able, you know, you're dealing firsthand with, with purchaser, mm -hmm. as opposed to purchaser's brother who has power of attorney and you know, you can't get him to come in and deal with it for you because he has to go out here and he has to do that. And, you know, vendor is asking for the agreement. And, you know, the interest is maybe not as great as if you're dealing with it personally. 
Yeah. So it's always wise to do it for yourself. I'm sorry? It's, it's always wise to do it for yourself. Yes, yes. If, if you're able, you know, it's, you know, of course, sometimes you need a power of attorney because of circumstances. But once you're able, there's no reason why you shouldn't just deal with it on your own. Anything. All right. Yeah. Any additional questions? All right. Uh, morning, Council. Good morning. <laughs> um, I need, I want to know if your office um, gives these services, Councillor. Um, develop, I'm about to um, embark on a development. And I'm a stickler for maintenance. And I've been going around, toiling other developments, and it seems to be a problem with the maintenance and paying the maintenance mm -hmm. fee. So before I really get into it, I'm wondering if your office gives the services of creating a formula, a, a covenant with yardage, because you said that strata is there, but there's no strata. So I'm trying to mold a package um, where if, if you would like uh, to give an assistance where when these um, owner homeowner buy the hole, they're attached to being ma to maintain a property. And I don't want it to be end result people are getting insured out of their house. Because I believe before it gets to that point, homeowners should be able to know that, listen, you're going to live here, you need to be clean. And the cleanliness based on the whole pandemic and everything, you want to be clean. But my other question is, um, these maintenance fees, does this go directly to Strata? Or if a management company is managing develop, the development, if the fee goes to the management company and they disperse it? Okay, so developments can either be Strata or you can have a development where you deal with a management company. They're two different things. So you can come under the Strata bylaws or you can deal with a development that you have a management company that manages it. But I, I think it's both the same in essence because you're both paying, you're both, both entities, they, they collect maintenance in order to maintain the property, right? Um, all, well, most, at, at least I've never seen a, an agreement for sale for a development that does not have the strata fees attached and the strata regulations attached or the homeowner's agreement attached. The problem is when people get their registered title, they say, okay, that's it. You understand? It's there, you know, but in their minds, they've bought the property. So it, it just takes a particular purchaser to understand that, okay, I need to be bound by, by this. Because what happens too is that on the title, you can put all the, the covenants of the development on the registered title on the register title for which they're supposed to follow through with. So the management company has to be able to deal with that. But again, sir, you know, it's really, it just comes down to who, who your residents are, you know? So it comes down to, you just got to scan that person or probably prior to sales, run them through, a, run them through an interview. Sir, I would totally agree with that. Um, there, there's, it's, it's a there, there, there is a particular, um, particular apartment building that has gone up in Kingston recently. I have 
um, personal knowledge of. And the thing about it, I think, well, let's say, you know, I think one of the problems is, sir, that we have is that many people who are buying now into developments, they want the Airbnb. And when you have the Airbnb and you have it for $200 a night, who do you think you're going to get in there? And these people come in and they use the pool and they use the gym, right? They're not used to the pool. They're not used to the gym. Okay, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's fact. You know, it's fact, right? I have no problem. Anybody, right? If you want to be able to experience something like that, I have no problem but come in and be decent about it, right? So you have these, this particular apartment that is just being overridden by all manner of persons coming in, disturbing the other residents, right? And... There is nothing much that can be done in terms of that because part of their agreement was they can do the Airbnb, right? And then you also have the residents, many live abroad, right, who don't contribute to anything in terms of the management, in terms of maintenance. You know, you have to set up a community. A community act. And, right, and they have to have meetings. You have to understand, Our okay. Board. Yeah, or right. board, set up right. a board at the beginning. Right. That has to be done. Once you turn over, you know, once the developer turns over the development, you know, to the strata or to the management company, it's then for the residents to form the board, to form the committee, so to speak, who are to have their meetings to include all the residents to discuss the various things. All right? To discuss the security guard. I mean, how many, how are we going to have a morning, evening, and, you know, can we afford it to discuss the gardener, to discuss the parking? So all of these things require the cooperation and the input of the residents. So, sir, you can have it on the paper, sir. I can write it in red, blue, green, and orange. But whether or not they are going to abide is another thing. You understand? So, um, as you had mentioned, the indiscipline in our culture. Yeah, the indiscipline, Current you know. I've, I've, I, I really didn't, I don't know, probably sounding so negative, but it's just that it's the truth and it's the reality of the situation and you have to know what you're getting into. You have to know what you're getting into. We, this is a beautiful country. I mean, I would live anywhere else, right? But it's just, you just have to be wise when you're purchasing property. Just be very, very, very wise. All right. The council. <laughs> well, on that note, we say thank you to Mrs. Dawn Bray. Um, you know, your three big points. Visit the property. Use an attorney, <laughs> you know, and look for properties that are already registered. So thank you for the schooling that we got today. And I'm sure we will get your information if we need to get to any properties on this side of the aisle. Thank you. Thank you. You just watched a clip from Thropex 2022. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see more, click right here. All right here.